Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. By the way, before I forget this, I really want to let you know that if you would like the main points and the scripture references for the messages over this period of time, if you would like that, like I know next Sunday morning, I'm speaking on Now This Is Serious. Uh, so if you'd like that, um, just simply email us, info at metrochurch.org.au, put in the subject heading, notes, N-O-T-E-S, just send that, it's all you've got to do, and then I'll make sure by Friday next week you've got the main points of that message, now this is serious. And by the way, it's not going to be a doom and gloom one, you won't get that from me, but what you will be getting out of the Word of God is things that are going to help you to journey through whatever is coming your way, all right? Speaking of the Word of God, let's go to it together right now. Let me just move the table. There you go. Now, funny there was a cup of coffee on here. huh? That's all right for you at home. You've got your cup of coffee. Some of you are wandering around your tracky dacks. You're just checking it all out. And uh, again, if you are joining us for the first time, by the way, thank you so much for that. We would love, obviously, somewhere in the future to get to know you uh, person to person, face to face. But in the meantime, we're just glad that we have this opportunity to be able to be with you and to be a part of your life and your future. Uh, about a week and a half ago, before all of this ended up looking like it does now, one night as I was getting ready for bed, literally about getting ready to pull back the covers and put my head on the pillow, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me and say, look up storms. So I went to the scripture and this is the very first one that came to me. Now remember, at that stage, we had no idea of how different life would be for many of us, well, for all of us. And so this first reference, I think, speaks to where we are. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35, and I'm going to turn to it in my Bible. So if you're sitting there in your lounge room or you've got your smartphone or whatever it is that you like to look up the Scripture on, just do that. So I'm going there, Mark 4 and verse 35 says this, On the same day when evening had come, He, that is Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. I want you to remember that. Now, when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And there were also other little boats that were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. I'll come back to that a little bit later too. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? Why is it or how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him. The next verse follows straight on. It's chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea 
to the country of the Gadarenes. Jesus lived a life on purpose. Matter of fact, when you read the Gospels, you'll discover very quickly that nothing to Jesus was ever an accident. If He happened to encounter someone, somehow or other it fitted with divine purpose. Jesus never seemed to be like everybody else, a random life pushed pillar to post by whatever was happening out there. It was almost as though Jesus lived above circumstance and lived a life that was based around a divine purpose. He said to uh, those when He was on trial, He said, listen, for this cause I came. In other words, my life has always been from day one. From my conception, my life has been about purpose. But you know, it's not just Jesus that's got a life like that. God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah and said, while you were in the womb, He said, you know, I had ordained you. I believe that every single one of us is a part of a divine plan. We are part of a divine purpose. There's a reason that you're on the planet. And can I say to you that if your life has great purpose, circumstances are never the main picture. They're simply the scenery that you're passing by. If your life has got a great purpose to it, then circumstances are not the all-consuming thing in front of you right there. They're the scenery. They're real and they're there, that's for sure. But they're the scenery that's passing by. And so for your life, the great picture is the purpose of God. The scenery is going to come and it's going to go. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And I'm going to read it out of the New Living. So uh, hold a minute while I bring it up on my smart device here. Ephesians 2 and verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. I love that. I love the fact I'm not some scribble. I'm not a bit of graffiti on a random wall somewhere or other. But according to the Scripture, I'm actually God's masterpiece. I am purposefully and deliberately being crafted in a way that when I'm on display, it's something beautiful and something great. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. What a beautiful thing it is when our life is captured by that level of masterpiece. But the reality is for a lot of people, you know, the sound of that voice, the sound of what Christ is saying to us, the sound of the Word of God can so easily get drowned out by all the other noise that's round about, by all the other things that are going on, by the sound of popular opinion, by the sound of what everyone's saying, maybe by your news feed or whatever else. It can almost be that it's getting drowned out. And if that's the case, here's my advice to you. Dial down the volume on all the other noise and start turning up the sound of divine purpose in your life. Do You know, it's not too late because I know some of you uh, that are a part of this service right now, you're going to be saying to yourself, well, I wish I'd done that. If only I'd begun earlier. But I always believe it's only too late if you don't start now. So start now in your life. Get out of bed. Well, don't even wait to get, well, some of you are in bed, huh? Uh, but listen, TV's in the, 
at the foot of the bed there and you're watching along with us, God bless you. Uh, but, you know, wherever you are, decide to start now. Remind yourself, here's a couple of things. I'm here for a reason. I believe it's so important that every single one of us have an awareness that there is a divine purpose. You mightn't have a title. You mightn't have even a job. You mightn't have some great scheme or plan or vision. But let me tell you that no matter who you are, you're here for a reason. There's a divine purpose to my life. Tell yourself, my today matters. If your life's got great purpose, then circumstances aren't the main picture. They're just the scenery that's passing by your life. Here's the second thing you need to know out of this passage we read in Mark 4. And that's this, that every storm will end. It sounds so simple, but it is so true. No storm has ever gone unabated forever. So the storm you're in right now, and I'm not just talking about the health one at the moment, because for some of you, the storm, that's not even the biggest storm in your world. For some of you, the biggest storm is the one in your marriage, the one in your family. Maybe it's a job that you feel like is just going nowhere. Maybe you're at uni and you're studying something and go, well, you know, um, it's, I, I just don't feel like it's my fit. Maybe that's your storm as you're wrestling with what am I really meant to be doing? Maybe you've got a child that's got a health issue or whatever it may be. Can I say to you, every storm will end. Storms come and that's obvious, but they're going to end. So don't waste time spending all your emotional energy on the storm itself and on how it began. You know, right now, there's so many conspiracy theories and I'm not going to go into them, but some of them are a little bit out there. And with all the conspiracy theories, what's that? It's people diving into how it started, you know, and where it came from and what went on. My deal always is this. If I'm in a storm, I'm not looking for how it started. I'm looking for the end. I'm looking for where it's going to finish in my life. So don't build your life around that. Don't waste your energy on why. You know, lots of you know Psalm 23, don't you? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by the still waters. He restores my soul. Yeah, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And it's so beautiful. And then verse 4 rises up and belts you. Verse 4 comes in and says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, And the thing I love about verse 4 is it never tells you how that person got there. It doesn't say it was their fault, someone else's fault. It just happened. It was the wrong day, whatever. It just simply says they went from green pastures and still waters and the paths of righteousness and ended up in something pretty ugly. But I love that the psalmist doesn't go into how it happened, where it came from. The very next verse says this, you prepare a table before me. Are you getting this? The psalmist gives you wise advice and says, don't waste your energy on verse four. Start looking ahead to verse five and verse six. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head. Are you believing for that? Are you expecting that in this season right now, whatever your storm is, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that is the light of God, the revelation. That's His quickening, His voice to you. That's Him giving you guidance and direction. Are you hearing that and saying to yourself, you know what? That's what's coming my way. He's anointing my head with oil. He's spreading a table before me in the presence of all my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He's pointing us and himself or herself towards the future that's there for them. So get great purpose. Live like that. Secondly, every storm's going to end. But here's the third one. And this is kind of like the knockout one for me. Here's the third one. Make sure you have an awake Jesus. Think about this a minute. They're in the middle of a storm. Well, they got into the boat and Jesus said, let us go to the other side. And they forget about Jesus because times are good. Nobody's thinking about Jesus because the seas come. But here's the sad bit is that even when the storm comes, they aren't thinking about Jesus. Matter of fact, they don't even know where he is. They've got to go looking for Jesus in the middle of the storm. And they find him in the stern of the boat and he's asleep. He's not up there busybodying himself. He's waiting for the invitation that they give to him and say, Master, now they don't even give it great. And in that part, that's why I kind of go, sometimes the best prayer you're ever going to pray is just the one of, help. You know, Jesus is not looking for your articulate oratory. He's not examining your prayer for theology and doctrine. He's looking for the hungry, open and desperate heart that cries at Him. I'm saying that because some of you that have joined with us at Metro Church Online, you're going to be sitting there and saying to yourself, that's awesome. I wish I had that guy's faith. He seems so confident, but I have no confidence. I'm not a good person or I haven't done this or I haven't prayed or I'm not... But I'm telling you, Jesus is waiting for your invitation. But you need to have an awake Jesus in your boat. Up to this point, he's a, it's as though he's not even there. I think one of the most tragic things is that many of us go through our life and we've never thought about Jesus until a massive issue arises. But can I say this to you? Even if that's the way you've done life up until now, I want you to take heart from out of this passage because it tells me that even if I've neglected you, Jesus, you're still ready to help. He doesn't get up and say, well, too bad you should ask me last time. He doesn't say, well, you know, who gives a rip? I'm fine, I'm asleep. Jesus doesn't do any of that. Don't you love the fact that he's waiting for your call? He's waiting for your invitation to act. And the moment you do that, Jesus is ready and he starts and he stands up and he begins to help them in the midst of it. I'm absolutely convinced that all of heaven right now is ready to help you in your life. I believe that. You know, uh, I'm not just a preacher who kind of sits on a screen for you. I do life every day with Metro Church family and have done. This is the 32nd year, I think, of our church's life. And so I'm a pastor I'm not an online preacher. I'm a pastor with people. And for me, I've watched this work out. 
I've proven over year after year after year, I've seen it happen where God has worked in people's lives in phenomenal ways. And I know he's ready and he's waiting for you. Here's the next thing I want you to get out of this great story because we're going to build purpose into our life and the storm will end and we're going to make sure Jesus is awake. Even if we never did before, we'll make sure he is now. But here's the next thing. And this struck me this week and a half ago when I began to read this story. I read verse 37 again. And verse 37 says this, that the boat was already filling with water. And I observed this, that Jesus got up and stilled the storm, but Jesus didn't bail out the boat. I'll let that sink in for a minute. Jesus stilled the storm, but the disciples had to bail out or empty out the water that's already in the boat. There's no instant evaporation miracle in this story. How many of us would love that? We love Jesus to come down, fix it all. Lord Jesus, just do it. We all want to sit back in the metaphorical lounge chair of life. And we want to say, I don't need to worry. I don't need to stress Jesus. He just does it all. Remember the old song, Jesus paid it all? Well, the song is Jesus paid it all, not Jesus does it all. Are you with me? Jesus paid it all, but He ain't doing it all. And then I began to think about this thought of believe and bail. That I need to believe, but also need to bail. I began to think about that. And I quickly went through my mind many of the Scriptures that I know and realised that God almost never does everything. Even in the creation story, because that's, that's the first one everyone goes to. They go, yeah, but in creation, God did it all. And I go, actually, no, He didn't. Genesis 2, verse 19, tells me that God's already created the heavens and the earth and all the stuff that's there. But creation's not finished. Because the very next thing He does is He brings in this man He's created and lines up all the animals and says, now you name them all. Creation's not finished until everything's got a name. And so God invites this mankind that He's just made and says, I want you to learn right at the start, partner with me in every miracle I do. He says, you give them a name. Now God could have named them all Himself, but He didn't. He got man to partner with Him in that. Think about the first miracle at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, John's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 7. Jesus could have gone, bang, and there's all the wine. All the wine casks automatically filled. But you know he didn't do that. Verse 7 says that he told the servants, you fill the pots with water. And so they filled them to the brim. Do you know how long that took? These things are huge. They're massive pots, almost as tall as the average human. So they just didn't kind of put in a glass. They had to fill this up. It took some time. But once they'd done their part, then the miracle, the divine one took place. And so the water turned into wine. What about the feeding of the 5,000? In Mark's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 38, when they come and say, all these people are starving, Jesus says, what have you got? And a young boy comes up with five loaves and two fish. You know, when I get to heaven, I want to go meet that kid. I really do. Because I think he was a pretty bold little kid. 
I imagine him going up to a disciple and tugging on his garment, saying, excuse me, mister, I heard you talking to Jesus about feeding all these people and it's a huge crowd, 5,000 beside men and children, but I'd like to give my food. I've got five loaves and two fish and I reckon that Thomas, I would love it if it was Thomas, wouldn't you? I'd love it if it was Thomas that he went and tugged on his garment because I reckon Thomas is going to go, you stupid kid. What an idiot. Look, kid, have a look. Like how many people are there? Go away. And then I reckon he would go up then to Peter, Peter the Apostle, whose mouth went faster than his brain. And I reckon he goes up to Peter next, says, Sir, sir, he told me no, but I really feel like I want to give this. Can I say to you in the midst of everything that's going on, make sure you stay generous. Make sure you become a giver. Listen to me. The beginning of most miracles is someone giving. Please remember that. Find a way to be a giver. When the world is every man for himself, don't live like that. Because this miracle took place because a little boy persisted with giving. In John 9, he says to the blind man, when he anoints him with mud from out of the ground, he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So it's important that we not only build a life of purpose and know that the storm will end and we have an awake Jesus. It's important that we are believing and bailing. Make sure, come on, are you with me? I'm, I'm really pretty keen on this because I want everybody, I want everyone in the Metro Church Online family anyway, I want you to be active this week. Come on, don't waste all your brain power and brain space on what about me. Get out there and start saying, how am I going to bless somebody this week? How am I going to find somebody to give something to? How am I going to love someone in a concrete way? How am I going to serve others? Can I say to you, if someone's name that you know pops, pops into your mind, pick up the phone and give them a call. The worst thing that can happen is they can't take it. Which case, leave them a message saying, hey, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you. I don't know what's going on, but I love you. Amen. Find some way, email that person, act, do something. At the moment, this is, you know, my little confession here. Because I wish I could tell you I'm the most patient driver in the world. I'm really not. I, I, I'm not rude, mostly. But at the moment, I'm really telling myself, let them in. Let them in. Come on, make space. Sure, let them go past. You know, that person who cuts you off, just smile. Bless them. God bless you. Why is it whenever I talk about traffic, all of you say, go, you got me? Huh? I think we must be the church of the impatient. Uh, believe and bail. Here's the last one uh, I want to share with you this morning because I believe that that week and a half ago, this was a word from God. I had no idea we'd be where we are now. And I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit that He let me know and prompted me for this, that I understand that I'm living a life on purpose and the storm's going to end, that Jesus is awake in my life. I'm believing and bailing. And here's the last one here. When the storm is over, purpose continues. I read that verse in chapter 5 and verse 1 because I think it says so much about the way Jesus does life. Because it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, and it just keeps on rolling on. When this storm ends, 
make sure you're so connected to purpose you don't have to go rummaging in that cupboard to find the purpose you parked until all this was over. Keep living a life of purpose. When the storm's over, you just keep on rolling out with divine purpose in your life. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, the Word of God, that speaks to our life, not for church world and church life, but it speaks to us for our life. I want to pray with you wherever you are. Whatever storm you're going on is going on in your life. I want to pray with you right where you are. So wherever you are right now, if you can, just bow your head with me a minute as I pray. In a minute, I want to talk to some of you that are a part of Metro Church Online today. And perhaps you say, I've never said yes to Christ. I don't even know how to start a walk with God. I'm not even sure He'd want me. Well, He absolutely would. And in a minute, I'm going to talk to you about how you can say yes to Jesus in a very real way in your life and in your world. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for each person today that's a part of this service. Lord, we didn't organise the storm. Some of us had no idea it would be like this, but you did. You forewarned us and you're forearming us for the days that lie ahead. I thank you that for every single one of us, there's divine purpose. We are not insignificant, we're significant. There's no part of your body, no part of your family that is just an afterthought. Every one of us are on your heart and on your mind. So I pray, Lord, for each person. I pray that as they sense Jesus awake in their life, as they start asking you, Lord, I'm believing, but what is the bailing part I need to be thinking about? What are the actions I need to be taking? Lord, I pray that you'll speak loudly and clearly to each one of us. We won't miss the opportunities you're bringing our way to be who you called us to be, which is light and salt of the earth. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Just while your head's about, eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Jeff, I, I've never said yes to Christ. I want to lead you in a prayer right now, right where you are. It's simply a prayer that says, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. As soon as I've said amen, then up will come on your screen our yes text line, 488 or if you're overseas, it's yes.metrochurch.org.au and we'd love to help you on the journey of discipleship so you start following Christ strongly right from day one. But here's the prayer. It goes like this, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm asking you into my life today. I want to follow you for the rest of my days. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now up on your screen right now is the yes text line, 488 if you're within Australia. That means tomorrow morning uh, or the, whenever you do it, the next morning, you will get on your uh, smartphone this very thing. It's from us, from our church, so it's not from any third party. We don't spam you. What we'll do every day for 30 days or until you opt out, is that we will send you a scripture, a different one every day, particularly picked out for you, and a prayer. Because we understand a lot of people don't know how to start praying. So that'll be there. Again, a different one every day. At the end of the 30 days, you can opt in for even more discipleship online lessons if you'd like to be a part of them. Because we believe that that moment of yes is just the beginning of a great life with God 
And we want to celebrate that with you. Hey, listen, before I throw back to Hayden and the team at the online ministry moment, can I just say this to you? You really want to get online for Live at Five. Tonight, I've got, I believe, a, a wonderful message to share with you. Next Sunday is, this is serious, but tonight on Live at Five, I'm going to be speaking on when you've never been here before. And again, there are some wonderful strategies that God gives us so that we can do life well, regardless of what life brings up. We know what God wants to do in our life. Hey, I want to say God bless you. It's been great being with you. I love you. Don't forget, if you'd like the notes for next week, then go to info at metrochurch.org.au. Email us there. Just put notes in the subject line. I'll get them out to you by next Friday. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you somewhere soon.